I'm okay if you don't uh, win. But I was very upset that you did not get back and start riding. Mm. So and he said that see when you are on a race and you fall, you sit on the bike, pedal and then check if anything is wrong. Don't lose that time also. Right. <laughs> if something is wrong by that time you will know and yeah. you will know you have to stop. Right. But the way you find out if something is wrong is after you have initiated the pedal stroke yeah. life is just like that i think many times uh, people go through phases wherein they have had uh, hopefully not a crash or an injury mm. but sometimes some disappointments and then how they get out of that mm. Mm. again it is very satisfying but very challenging i think we also have to look at uh, not overdoing fitness mm. we are getting into a phase where many of us are being fit without being healthy i think it is very important to understand that you don't have to necessarily do 250 kilometers a week to stay uh, healthy sometimes it's okay to take a little bit of a slack you need to understand uh, that and staying healthy is far more important than staying fit mm. see if we if we see a rafa nadal or a roger federer and think that they are our role model they can be our role models for uh, what they have achieved in life as a professional i am baiki venki and this is the working athlete podcast here i talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration training tips time management and lifestyle advice If this is something that interests you please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest is a good friend. His name is Gokul Krishna. Gokul is a runner, a cyclist, a coach and a partner at one of the best bike shops in Hyderabad, The Bike Affair. He is also a podcasting host at The Indian Cycling Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to that podcast as well. He also hosts a weekly talk show on Leher app by the name It's All About the Bike that currently runs at 8 p.m. every Tuesday. You can check that out as well. In this episode with Gokul, we talk about his weight loss journey and endurance journey as a runner and a cyclist. We also talk about the challenges and the joys of being an entrepreneur, an athlete, a coach and what helped him keep a balance between all these. Now let us get into my chat with Gokul. Welcome to the Working Athlete Podcast Gokul. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Gokul, uh, let us start this discussion with uh, you know talking a little bit about what is work for you now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you know, one of the reasons I never uh, uh, when you asked for people to uh, get to you if they are a working athlete. I think I am neither working nor an athlete so <laughs> I am not eligible for this so anyway so uh, coming to what is work for me uh, I am part of uh, the bike affair team so bike affair is a bicycle related business based out of hyderabad we are uh, hyderabad's uh, uh, one of the earliest uh, um, bicycle stores dealing with uh, high end bicycles uh, we offer uh, basically four different kinds of uh, 
things in addition to the uh, regular sales and service of uh, bicycles, uh, sales service of bicycles. And uh, we do uh, bike fits, which Krish does. And then uh, we organize tours and we are also into uh, coaching. So, yeah. so um, I take care of coaching. Krish takes care of uh, bike fit and organizing tours. And uh, recently we opened a, a new store uh, where we are sitting right now uh, in Gachiboli, which, uh, which we have done in collaboration with uh, another uh, one of our pr principals. And this is uh, a store which deals with uh, mm, all the three sports of running, swimming and cycling. Right now, however, the, we have more uh, uh, products around the running space. So, okay. so managing these businesses and uh, the coaching is my work. Awesome, awesome. So before you uh, joined, the, became part of our uh, Bike Affair team though, mm. you were in corporate world, you were, yeah. you were working yeah. and then gradually moved uh, into this space mm, yeah. right what kind of uh, uh, what kind of um, uh, helped you make that choice or what drove you towards this space rather than uh, you know staying in the corporate world I, as a kid I was always fascinated with wheels mm. so uh, I, I think uh, I used to say car before mom so <laughs> Uh, so I was always fascinated uh, b by anything on wheels mm. right from a young age. And uh, I have heard stories of my uh, paternal grandfather whom I never met. He, he passed away before my father got married. Uh, that he was a, uh, he was a completely self-made man. And uh, he had uh, built a business around uh, retail stores in Trivandrum. So I guess uh, listening to these stories, uh, I always wanted to be on my own. Mm. And uh, I was always excited about vehicles. So when I was in college, one of my dreams was to uh, build a motorcycle manufacturing facility, build a brand which would make motorcycles. Yes. Uh, so all those things fell apart when you get a software job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but somehow I was still dabbling with things and stuff. And it was not a very clearly um, uh, designed move. Mm. It just happened. Mm. But uh, at the same time, I, I think subconsciously, I always wanted to do this. Right. So I always wanted to be on my own. Mm. And uh, I... Uh, I was passionate about uh, uh, vehicles in, in general. Right. So, so, and it, things just, uh, you know, um, happened. Uh, uh, so I think when the opportunity came, mm. the subconscious mind woke up mm. and uh, grabbed that opportunity. So okay. I think it's more to do like yeah. that. Then. Okay. And of course, like Steve Jobs says, you know, I... I can relate to this only later on. Yeah. I didn't realize all these things when we really started. Right. So. Okay. So uh, that is that is fascinating. I remember uh, one of the emails that I interacted with. Mm. Uh, or first I 
got to know you was uh, goks entrepreneur yeah <laughs> so it is always there yeah. uh, in that uh, subconscious as you say uh then how and when uh, what kind of sports did you do as a kid or i did not do any sports i mm, uh, or rather i will explain mm. i was a very fat kid throughout mm. i was obese borderline obese mm. uh, i grew up in chennai mm. and uh, we grew up in a, a kind of an extended family mm. uh, wherein my cousin uh, brothers were also there mm. and both of them were uh, uh definitely more athletic than me mm. and uh, one was uh, just a year elder to me the other guy was four years elder to me so i guess because i always try to compare myself with them and i was no good i just didn't uh, uh, didn't really participate anything seriously but my other grandfather uh, Uh, was a typical uh, carelite in the sense that uh, sports was in his blood mm. so and uh, he always encouraged us to uh, to follow sports to play sports and all and we were fortunate to have a big front yard in our home mm. and so we used to play a lot of things there uh, when you, when you are just less than 10 years old that was good enough space to play we used to just tie across a Mm. net and play badminton or mm. even uh, he was kind of a, a very different uh, grandfather in that way mm. he, he even bought us a hockey sticks to play in front of our front yard right. so i knew all sports yeah. i um, i have been following tennis from what seven years eight years mm. but i never played tennis obviously mm. those days we didn't mm. uh, have that many facilities mm. but other sports whichever we could we played mm. but i was just no good and uh, uh i have a very poor hand eye coordination so and i guess because i was uh, both these uh, cousins of mine were much better so <laughs> i just gave up too early i think so i didn't follow any sports yeah. in uh, as in i didn't play any sports properly but if you ask me i will tell you all the rules of any game i'll tell you about all the sports personalities and i was a big fan of kapil dev and all yeah. those things you know yeah. properly following sports i guess i was an armchair enthusiast right from the beginning uh, right that's that's fascinating when you said uh, you know always been a fat kid mm. you were almost talk- as if it you were talking about me <laughs> so i can totally identify with that aspect although i did not have that you know sport or knowing all sports and all that i i just didn't know anything okay. <laughs> apart from maybe cricket yeah. uh, but um, so how and when did that change like you know uh, how where, what was your kind of highest weight and uh, when did that uh, i think i might have been just borderline touching 100 i must have gone up to 95 i guess wow. yeah, yeah so mm. uh so yeah I, i must have gone up to 95 when i was probably say 21 years old or so, mm-hmm. so. okay mm. so and then uh what changed what so the first year of my work mm. i went home for diwali mm. so um i i got used to being called fat it was nothing new <laughs> so i didn't even you know yeah. bother me too much 
but i i don't remember who said what uh, but uh, some somebody said something uh, um, and uh, it hit me hard mm. but uh, thankfully uh, the probably that person said it nice i owe it a lot to him now mm. I, him or her i don't mm. even remember mm. but uh, i guess the way they said it or whatever uh, or the way i took it mm. uh, i decided to do something about it okay so i used to work in wipro at that time mm. uh, very close to where we are now mm. so the cyber task mm. so we had a gym in the office mm. and uh, so i the day i came back from home and uh, resumed work i went to the gym i uh, it got onto the treadmill and started running so i lasted only 45 seconds right. so so i was pretty happy with that mm. okay whatever it is i made a move mm. so this was 99 mm. um so i was very happy about it i didn't have any uh, uh, i didn't get disappointed by that mm. i was happy that i made a move mm. and uh, i i came the next day again mm. and uh, I probably slightly improved it maybe a minute or so mm. and i hit the treadmill every day for 6 months close to okay i mean it was not like a 6 months challenge or anything right. like that right but uh, pretty much close to 6 months i didn't miss a single day mm. i uh, the my home where i stayed in hyderabad was probably around 10 kilometers from work mm. i remember i used to have my dad's old uh, bajaj chetak i used to Uh, drive it down to <laughs> office every weekend every saturday every sunday i used to come just yeah. to not to work <laughs> to to, <laughs> to run work. on the treadmill yeah. somehow i just got um, um comfortable with running on the treadmill i i i now find it funny why i should have come all the way i could mm. have run near my home yeah. but i guess it just f- triggered a pattern and i stuck to it right. so i r- ran every day mm. and i I was lost I lost around 10 plus kgs okay and it transformed me mm. and uh, the key thing about it is those days we didn't have any information mm. there was no events or anything like that a 10k right. would be looked at with eyes popping out right? right so so even I don't even remember there was any 10k event at least that I yeah. I, I came across oh. so Uh, and i had very limited knowledge i didn't buy a no, now we are sitting in a shoe store but i <laughs> I, i didn't buy any separate shoes uh, and uh, 99 uh, google was not the primary search engine oh. it was alta vista and yeah. yahoo so there was no information nothing i didn't have a mentor hmm. uh, i had nobody to talk to so right. but i guess because i i ha- i was so unfit i and i was so conservative i did not get injured and generally now we say that yeah. if you are 95 kg you should not start running right, right? so i don't i didn't have yeah, so you you were conservative and it turned out to be good right yeah. you you were not able to go more than uh, 45 minute 45 seconds or 1 minute initially mm-hmm. and slowly you know every day you ran but only slowly very gradually you improved it yeah, yeah and uh, it was not that i was no uh, yeah, you know not, consciously doing it con- but you know yeah, it, yeah. you it was what you could do at that exactly. time exactly it yeah. was 
my limitations proved to be my strength <laughs> yeah. so so and um, uh, again i don't know at 21 you don't have all those kind of thoughts or maturity mm. you know mm. so but i i guess i was uh, whatever i and i i didn't even have any even though we were in office and we used to um, no even my roommates were my colleagues uh, some of them at least mm. but no one else joined me or anything like that right. it was just me mm. uh, and uh, so i guess yeah and uh, towards the end it came to a point wherein uh, when i was on the treadmill people uh, used to get a sticky note uh, uh, and uh, post it and they will just write their extension number stick it on the treadmill and go because they knew that i will be there for a while mm. so uh, once i am done i would call them and tell that the treadmill is free <laughs> so it came to that point i was in it came to a point wherein i had to from that 45 seconds i came uh, uh towards the end of that 6 months i stopped because i had to work also yes <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you were able to go like yeah. an hour couple of yeah. hours yeah, yeah. I, i don't think i tried couple of hours but more than an hour and that's you know you had mm. uh, bosses and managers right. to please as well yeah. so so uh, and uh, i'm very thankful to my organization and my team there they mm. never uh, nobody uh, mentioned anything i i did not even have a single point or a single instance where they questioned where i was of course i also made sure that my work is not affected and i was usually there mm. beyond the typical 10 to 6 kind of a time right so so nobody bothered yeah and yeah. that's fine super so how um so basically that uh, someone saying something kind of triggered that you know it's always fascinating right as a fat kid myself mm. there is always that mm. there is always that bullying there is mm. always that uh, body shaming mm. and i think as kids we are the most mean <laughs> towards <laughs> yeah. other kids yeah. especially you know when it comes because i think it's mostly ignorance mm. you know at that age you don't know but you know just to you just feel say whatever you uh, whatever comes to mind yeah and i experienced that a lot mm. and that actually continued not just as kids but also mm. into well into college and mm. uh, yeah. work life there is always that one uh, you know one or two who shoot their mouth and mm. you know bully you and fat shame you uh, and i also had that quite a bit and there is always that start stop start mm. stop you know when you you are motivated <laughs> you want to do something and then you mm. get started but you only last like uh, a few days at mm. in in the gym or something mm. but the great thing about you is that you kept at it yeah you kept at it you uh, stuck to it for months and continuously almost every day yeah so and that you saw the results yeah. from that and from there how did that progress as a so athlete? yeah so actually i mean running became a very close part of me so mm-hmm. whenever i used to travel and all one way i used to explore or um, socialize uh, was through running so mm-hmm. i would always carry my shoes and uh, uh, i'll ensure that even for example if I, if i did have a choice of booking a place where i would stay say uh, there are only two things i would check whether there is vegetarian food available <laughs> because i was a vegetarian yeah. and the second thing is uh, 
whether there is a place where i could run nearby or right. if they had a treadmill or a gym because yeah. uh, life happened you go through um, you know uh, tight yeah, deadlines and yeah, yeah tight and deadlines and then i end up uh, overeating and uh, doing lesser stuff i did go through those uh, phases of gaining multiple uh, cycles of gaining and losing gaining and losing yeah, yeah. but somehow i had that confidence and uh, thankfully i think uh, again uh, i was uh, probably um, um, around the fattest when we, when we did uh, uh, start the bike affair um, mm-hmm. uh, about 2008 uh, 2008 2009 mm-hmm. 2009 is when we started and uh, just before we started i took a bicycle and uh, actually i had gone through the phases of buying bicycles multiple times in this uh, working career but somehow i never uh, got the right bike always ended up gifting it to the watchman of the <laughs> apartment where we live so uh, i did uh, start riding and again uh, before we started bike affair i used to ride a hercules double suspension bike the the exact bike that we say people not to buy <laughs> <laughs> so i rode that bike to nuts uh-huh. so um i had a 10 kilometer commute so uh i rode every day uh, up and down irrespective of the conditions but i i rode i didn't ride for fun mm-hmm. i rode only for commute commute and then eventually we started bike affair and of course i mm-hmm. now then later on i got to mm-hmm. uh, ride much better bikes right so uh, i think the uh, first time i kind of road with you was around uh, 2010 uh, i think once i um, i was back from the us um, mm-hmm. you know i was <clears throat> i in hyderabad i mean when i started i was in hyderabad mm-hmm. and then in 2009 uh made 2009 to 2010 mm. uh, mid i was in the us for a mm, year correct and i came back mm. uh, and i was riding here uh, joining our narsapur rides and yeah. all those i i think that was around that time when i rode yeah. with you for the first time i think so i remember we did a century to narsapur when raman came late on his act 110 right uh, he joined at gandimaisam or something like right. that i was done on that day i remember yeah. i yeah. think i was on a single speed yeah mm, yeah the i also think that was the first time we rode together right mm. i remember i i think i still have those pics from mm. you know mm. thanks to google uh, <laughs> photos and stuff mm. um, i remember we were, we uh, we went to a lake and were uh, narsapur lake narsapur mm. lake mm. and we were uh, you know taking pictures around Correct. and sat and uh, quite a scenic route and lot mm. of monkeys on that yes, uh, route yes yes correct uh, it it is quite fascinating and I, i think in those days there were no intervals there was <laughs> nothing <laughs> what the we all rode uh, in a destination uh, kind of mode where mm. we have something in mind okay one that place that dam or the chilkur temple or something and we made a route out of it and we rode together and uh, there were these guys from uh, hpc uh, i think shay mandal yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, matt that. matt and uh, sunil 
richard and all these guys uh, you know were the group there and uh, yeah raman was also getting mm. into the, uh, cycling uh, around that time and he had that act one day mm. <laughs> it, it was uh, quite fascinating times those uh, very memorable uh, times yeah. and uh, how did you were cycling from then kind of slowly uh, how were those initial days uh, into cycling and how did it progress for you um so uh, again um um i think it took me a transition from a commuter to a um, to a kind of an endurance cyclist mm. so so for example the first two, two bicycles that we had i had a schwin cutter which was a single speed slash flip flop hub flip flop hub yeah um and i think i rode it primarily in the fixie mode initially mm. and i used to that became my commute bike ideal commute bike i also had a canondale quick five mm. which was a, one of the earliest good hybrids that we got in india right i yeah. think they, this was before trek got their uh, fx series in yep. india so those were my two bikes uh, initially then 2011 i think i did the tour of nilgiris right i remember so, that so i had a pretty interesting journey around that as well so i picked up my first uh, road bike uh, candle cad 8 uh, uh, cad 8 or number i don't remember mm. uh, and uh, i was, so and then i had a crash on that yeah, just be, i bought it probably at two months before the tour mm. and i ended up uh, having a bad crash that the frame broke mm. so then i had to salvage and it was just 10 days before the tour and uh, i got an rbr road bike mm. and then came for the tour i think that that was probably the first time i um, kind of got um, used to riding multiple days long distance and mm. stuff and as usual like everybody who does his first multi day tour my primary aim was not to be swept on any day so right. just managed to do that <laughs> yeah 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 i remember 2011 tfn mm-hmm. uh, that was obviously my first tour as well oh is it yeah 2011 was my first tour and uh, mm-hmm. i was riding the bulldog, uh, bulldog mm-hmm. the fixed gear bike and uh, yeah the, it, for me that tour was a revelation in a big way you know i never uh, we were riding uh, i mean i knew that it is a challenging tour mm-hmm. because going into uh, the tour we had heard the stories about uh, it started in 2008 mm-hmm. and uh, every year we uh, kept hearing the stories on bike zone mm-hmm. forum and uh, you know people who have done it in those uh, you know talking about those hills the wooty climb mm. and all those and uh, it was a, a big aspirational tour it mm. still is mm. for many uh, and trying to you know uh, being there in the tour taking part in the tour is a big goal and then for me uh, riding that bike itself was again another challenge i was scared shitless and <laughs> was riding a hell lot during you know mm-hmm. training for that mm-hmm. and that helped me lose another kind mm-hmm. of 10 kgs in those 6 months and mm-hmm. riding like 10 10000 mm-hmm. 
and once the once i got to the tour itself it was you know not as difficult as i feared because mm. i was you know prepared because out of that fear and anxiety i, I kind of trained mm. well into that how was it for you as to- so um um yeah it, it was uh, though i was not as well prepared as you uh but uh, i was preparing and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like i said i had very modest goals with regards to being uh, and i think that was uh, was the i don't think the um competitive section was there at that time right no that was uh. the first year uh they introduced the competitive segment ah correct so okay. 2011 was the first year they introduced the competitive segment yeah so yeah. uh i was very conservative in the competitive sections as well and i never really went for it mm. Mm. uh but i i did uh, get my mind up to it only a couple of months before so mm-hmm. i was doing lot of base miles regularly mm-hmm. generally speaking but mm-hmm. as, i was not really training for this event in particular right so but uh, it was more of a last minute dash mm-hmm. and uh, but because generally i was in reasonable shape and i had done lot of miles mm-hmm. uh, every day anyways was a 20 kilometer right. ride and on a fixie mm-hmm. so so it was more from that point of view but i did have my doubts mm. uh, the first day was very nervous mm. uh, i remember the first day we rode on the nice road from bangalore to mysore okay. and uh, that was as usual mysore at that time when you hit it around 3 o'clock 4 o'clock it's oh, very it's hot very hot yeah uh, so um the last 30 kilometers i think we were going through on the road sections were also bad that year yeah. at that time uh, we went through a phase where there was some construction going on and uh, there was this uh, um, gravel mm. uh, with uh, tar which yeah. was being yeah. laid in some sections so some some gravel had spilled over mm. and uh, one small uh, gravel piece had got somehow magically entangled and kind of breaked my rear wheel mm-hmm. so i kind of again had us thankfully because we are anyways going slow there yeah. I, i i did fall but yeah. i didn't uh, nothing else happened nothing mm-hmm. to me or the bike mm-hmm. but it was there on the mind but uh, soon got over it i think i yeah. already got used to falling and getting up and going right so so that first day was very nervous mm-hmm. and subsequent days were fine then mm. i think i just got fell into the rhythm the correct, next day correct, yeah. uh, i also, think the next day probably i i try to spend some time with uh, you guys mm. who you know who are always faster and uh, then i slowly got into the rhythm but i still maintained my own uh, within my limits right. to ensure that i'm able to complete that right. so and but the confidence did slowly grow with each day mm-hmm. so you are maintaining your own pace and mm. getting through the days without uh, you know any getting incidents. yeah well, <laughs> any incidents yeah. are getting into the sweep and yeah. uh, was always on our minds yeah excellent so how did uh, you know when did kind of you got, got serious into training uh, for cycling per se 
the yeah the racing aspect of it yeah so again uh, thanks to tfn yeah. so i did the tfn again in 2015 mm. and uh, that time we had a large contingent coming from hyderabad mm. so uh, because of my journey i was always uh, uh, people would approach me and knowing that i had uh, mm. um gone through this journey of uh, fitness right so and i was always interested in finding out things and uh, um i think i was also uh, uh, closely associated with uh, uh, raman and mm. uh, aditya shetty mm. these two boys uh, went and approached uh, maxwell traverser mm. and uh, they started some training mm. um though i did not have the time or the uh, mental strength to join them but i would join them occasionally mm. i think i uh, i don't remember the exact years but i think i had uh, uh, interacted with them in some of those uh, right. training sites yeah. and uh, mm. we used to read uh, joe frails uh, mm. training bible and stuff like that and uh, um so the 2015 when we registered early mm. thankfully uh, tfn enabled us to do that because we had to register uh, in june itself yeah. or december uh, to right so there suddenly there were a few people who who also came to know that i have registered and they approached me uh, and it started off initially like that then uh, i had been uh, contemplating doing this mm. and somehow uh, needed that initial push mm. so i was in touch with raman again uh, mm. because uh, raman had achieved quite a lot mm. and he was also studying uh, sports uh, physiology at that time mm. he was doing his diploma in germany mm. in sports physiology and he was it was just a one year diploma mm. so he was on the verge of completing it mm. or he was studying mm. so i approached him and we thought of doing things together mm. uh but somehow uh, it just did not uh, materialize given the timings and stuff right. like that and yeah. uh, uh, and we also found it very difficult to do things remotely at the at that point in time yeah so g- given that i couldn't really take more help from raman but still the idea was there and there were people who were doing the tour so that's when we started and then i i also went through a phase wherein i had a little bit more time i think uh, because we were in the we had opened a new store at that time mm. and uh, also uh, uh, one of the the store was just below a, a functional fitness studio mm. and uh, in fact we went to that store because of the uh, Uh, the chief trainer there uh-huh. uh, he is a cyclist from australia mm. and uh, the first day he landed here to to kind of set up that space and train the trainers he was a chief uh, a trainer for the country and uh, so the the very first weekend like typical cyclist he just came to the cycle store and we got introduced and he was a fantastic human being mm. and so i got uh, assurance from him also that he'll help me with the strength training so mm. so we started a small group and uh, uh, some five six people and then mm. we trained together mm. S- and of course the first couple of guys were lo- looking to do the tour but not everybody mm. and then it started off like that and mm. we did the 2015 tour and then mm. things moved on and i always had and uh, because i always had been running uh, far before that uh, i had started cycling i would also i was also very by that time my general understanding of running dynamics and all had changed and uh, 
like uh, people say when you're uh, looking to observe body language you observe people right right so i observe people how they walk mm. right so, so or how they run mm. so so that that was very exciting for me to see how somebody runs and what is their posture and stuff mm. like that so i used to help people around the running form as well mm. and uh, yeah i think it just continued from that right and uh, the further push came when i uh, i had a serious crash in 2019 mm. uh, where i broke my collarbone my mm. first collarbone mm. so i had a lot of time to kill so yeah. so uh, at that time i went ahead and uh, uh, kind of completed my uh, certification for coaching mm. so so that time helped me uh, in from doing, where is this certification uh, i got i did it in uh, from uk mm. uh, association of british cycling coaches right so so of course uh, this is more of an online thing with mm. some uh, contact sessions and uh, tests Mm. but it was a very well designed course and mm. uh, there were lesser things which we learnt completely new mm. but uh, the way it is structured it gives you confidence and right. the that minor 5 10% that you might have missed you know yeah but it gives you the reassurance that you are in the right track yeah so and then after that i you know okay. I, uh, you get more confidence right so that that for contact session do you had to travel there or how did that that no, no no there, there was no contact sessions for the studying part there right. was only contact sessions for the testing part okay. so we had uh, uh, two tests mm. uh, one test was uh, for um, testing your um, um, communication and leadership skills right. wherein you have to present a topic mm. ideally to the uh, to a, a bunch of coaches as well as the public audience right. but because it was not in uk we mm. did it here and i sent a recording okay and the yeah. second one was more of an assignment mm. wherein you actually do an annual training plan for an athlete right. uh, they could ask you questions and follow up things mm. and stuff like that yeah. so but you, you you have to prepare a document which is as self sufficient as possible such that they don't have to talk to you yeah. for uh, clarifications right. but uh, there might be interactions I, right. i'm not sure whether there was interactions but there could be yeah. so a chief uh, uh, a senior coach would uh, review mm-hmm. that right now for uh, you know i think for me it is uh, fascinating right how people kind of we we uh, gravitate towards something that uh, fits our uh, thinking or the kind of uh, uh, personality we have mm. i i always uh, you know uh, see you as someone who is hungry for knowledge mm-hmm. hungry for uh, learning new things and uh, you know also a very uh, approachable and people person who likes to share so i think that those are the two kind of you know required ingredients for someone who is in uh, you know uh, coaching i would think True. right True. you got to uh, always keep learning because 
there is no one thing that and it doesn't stay static you got to keep learning and unless you and also you know sharing that and teaching that is also a, a part of the learning process itself Correct. and uh, that that becomes uh, i think some people are just uh, you know some personalities are more suited for that i think you um, uh, you are one of them and uh, i'm sure you uh, you know many people have over the years i think benefited from that uh, I, i hope to think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what about you know the coaching aspect of it is most satisfying for you see um, if you can change a person's life mm. there is nothing better than that right so through coaching you can uh, do that mm. uh, it need not be just uh, finally we are influencing any person's life it is not just uh, that uh, they become fitter or faster or whatever mm. uh, so i think that is the most satisfying thing no when when you enable somebody to meet their goals you if you succeed in that you end up having a transformed person right so um yeah i mean yeah. what what uh, i think if we even positively influence a few people in our lives that is enough <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that that is i yeah that that i have to completely agree that is very mm. satisfying to see you know a positive impact Mm-hmm. immediately and you can also have that feedback from them yeah. as well right so that is really good and what what are the challenges you see in this um what are the challenges i i think understanding different people uh, uh, for example one of my uh, two of my first uh, Uh, athletes i think yeah. one of them is coaching with you anirudh mm. so i anirudh and prajwal were two of my youngest and earliest uh, mm. athletes mm. one will not talk the other will not stop talking <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 uh, and i'm coaching both of them both of them are the same age uh-huh. and uh, Uh, ab- absolutely contrasting characters <laughs> so uh, in fact it, it took me a long time i think after coaching prajwal for so long recently i read a book and i was able to relate uh, uh, to prajwal a bit more i i wish i had uh, read that book earlier right uh, so in fact he, uh, the book is called uh, the idiots around me uh-huh. uh, and it's about uh, the whole point is it's not that the other person is idiot it's just that because we are not able to understand them we think they are we really think yeah so so and they basically classify people into four broad uh, personality types mm-hmm. so Uh, whenever i was reading about yellow i was like prajwal's <laughs> image comes up in my mind yeah. so i i the, the biggest challenge is often that and uh, and each person is different so, right. so uh, the other uh, challenge that does come is uh, i mean you ask for the biggest challenge but probably if i add yeah, a few yeah. more sure um 
sometimes it's about uh, setting a goal also mm. because uh, whatever we say if if somebody is not able to orchestrate and determine their goal mm. especially in a in a fitness realm of the world mm. i think this last two years has changed a lot of things yeah. but before that we were all uh, we are we are not comfortable in setting a goal it was like no we are yeah. doing too much tight right. right so but uh, getting beyond that and trying to set something which is reasonable you know which is measurable and stuff that is that yeah. at times even now i struggle yeah uh, with uh, making people get to that point mm. yeah uh, not all but right. some some yeah and the third is i think uh, um i wouldn't say challenging again probably one more satisfying thing is helping people get up yeah um uh, when i say get up it is uh, both figuratively and uh, you know uh, at a bigger scale as yeah, well yeah. uh i remember one of the earliest races uh, that someone else participated and uh, the post the race the coach and the athlete were very pissed and yeah. i was i was observer yeah. so and it, this continued for a few days and yeah. we are all traveling back together and yeah. then the finally the ice had to break sometime and then so when one of them opened up then the the coach said something which was startling and it just stuck with me till now that he said that uh, there was a crash and uh, the athlete did not get up and uh, restart restart yeah he was saying i am okay if you don't uh, win but i was very upset that you did not get back and start riding mm. so and he said that see you when you are on a race and you fall you sit on the bike pedal and then check if anything is wrong <laughs> yeah don't lose that time also right if something is wrong by the time you will know and yeah. you will know you have to stop right but the way you find out if something is wrong is after you have initiated the pedal stroke yeah. so um, so life is just like that i think many times uh, people go through phases wherein they have had uh, uh, hopefully not a crash or an injury mm. but sometimes some disappointments and then how they get out of that mm. Mm. again it is very satisfying but very challenging right yeah, because uh, uh, you move into the mental realm mm. from the physical Yeah. and the physical is far easier than the mental aspects yeah. Yeah. yeah this is yeah this is fascinating right uh, i completely agree with the, uh, mm-hmm. those things uh, it, it is sometimes uh, you know in in a normal world um, some people will have just the events in mind that mm-hmm. they want to take part in and then you know go about what would you do when there are no events Mm-hmm. right so and in a situation it becomes the thing that you mentioned about uh, helping them identify a goal for themselves that is beyond those events mm-hmm. is uh, you know becomes that much more important right mm-hmm. so and yeah there is also the aspect of uh, not just the physical fitness the mental aspects of it the attitude towards i know how you approach uh, incident that is mm. out of the ordinary not mm. something that you expect 
so you don't expect to crash of course but <laughs> what do you do once you do yeah. right yeah. all those things the attitude aspect of it and all that it is i think uh you know it is a learning for us as well as you know uh, them mm. uh, and in trying to understand all these different people and different situations and trying to address those like you said the idiots around mm. us or something you know there are so many avenues different ways that we can learn and uh, you know it 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 is uh, a big learning uh, process yeah. that is ongoing and ever growing and uh, that is uh, something that is very satisfying for me as well mm. um excellent and i i don't want to kind of uh, it's been fantastic interaction and i don't want to end this session without talking about something uh, you know crazy that you have done uh, Uh, last year mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, the everesting part of it mm-hmm. and uh, you did, uh, you did everesting and did not stop there you completed 10000 meters of elevation in that ride mm-hmm. how did you you know <laughs> what made you think of that and what got you into it and uh, yeah in fact it's it's just a continuation of what he said in, right. uh, that is one of the things because uh, we were, this happened in october mm-hmm. uh 2020 uh but i i was in reasonable shape for the tudi bintan which was supposed to be in march well, we were go- supposed yeah. to go there yeah. <laughs> we still haven't got our money back so <laughs> so, uh, so generally there was a sense of uh, lack of direction mm. and uh, that was there and you end up reading a lot of things i mean reading because you had more time you know sitting at home and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i had uh, thought about this uh, i had read about uh, uh, everesting and uh, so i thought why not uh, you know do it and you know, i i kind of sample tested it by telling it uh, to my uh, family initially uh-huh. so we, because those days we had time to walk and stuff like that we are at home we are yeah. going for a walk around our campus right. and uh, obviously i didn't tell the full details but uh, so they are like okay go ahead do what is there so so then but they were completely positive they did not have any negative thoughts mm. then i i mulled over it for a day or so then i thought that if i have to do this i i still had huge reservations mm. I, i i i was not completely confident that i'll be able to do it mm. so then then i thought that if if it is worth doing we should do it for a purpose mm. uh, uh one was the the bigger purpose will motivate me and the second thing was also i felt that i could uh, um run off the energy that i would get from a purpose mm. like that from the team that i will build mm. i had understood that it needs a crew and, it, and the crew is plays a very crucial part and stuff so from that point of view then i approached uh, pasha who was part of the maxwell river uh, cycling welfare association and uh, uh, told him this and said that i would like to do this with as a charity event to raise funds for the association the the kids in yeah. the cycling association mm. 
so he, i think even he did not know what was everesting when i spoke to him but he said he uh, he because again they are all in that uh, athlete mood they are in that positive energy they were staying in the same uh, building as uh, maxel sir mm. so they don't know to say no mm. so i said yes we'll do it yeah. let's go ahead and then he i said discuss with sir and mm. uh ask his permission whether he'll be okay with that so he discussed with sir he did some research understood what it mm. was and then told him and then ob- and explained to him what it was and then he said of course why not yeah. let's support him let's go ahead and uh, uh give him all the best so the yeah the, that's how it started off and then again i think i gave myself about a couple of months though mm. i had a lot of base miles but mm. I, i gave a couple of months to um prepare and uh, train the confidence grew but mm. uh, it was definitely a challenge and yeah. uh, um and uh, one more thing that I, that really motivated me was at that time um, there was uh, a few people who, who had done uh, everesting but nobody had in the everesting realm there are also again now lot of classifications possible mm. there is half everesting full everesting uh, and so on so uh, half everesting is basically you pick up a hill and uh, go up and down the hill till you get an elevation gain of right. half of uh, mount everest yeah. so so there is half full everesting and then there is uh, 10000 meters mm. there was nobody in india at that point in time who had done 10000 meters i so uh, from the very beginning i wanted to go for 10000 mm. meters because i never i thought i will never be the first in india in anything <laughs> so at least this i should uh, see if i can be the first indian to do yeah so that was again a big uh, motivation mm. and uh, that helped me i think uh, uh, um, i did train myself uh, a lot uh, with regards to climbing and mm. stuff i was also fortunate to have a great uh, support team in the association and uh, yeah. pasha was my crew mm. head and he took care of all those things yeah. uh, which needed crew oh. plays a big part in such uh, yeah, because and, yeah. and they, he also did not sleep for the 27 hours right. or so yeah. so uh, and also i was i knew that my weakness is my nutrition mm. so i took help from uh, a very good friend who is a certified nutritionist and who is also uh, an athlete who is also a fantastic coach now as a mm. running coach mm. uh, gautam potineni yeah so that made a huge difference so mm. uh, i think uh, the the support and the crew and it was not just the crew mm. uh, because this was uh, in october 2020 when there was no vaccination the there was very limited opening up of uh, the lockdown mm. effects so and there was no cycling event uh, i felt because it was for a purpose also i was very happy to see actually lot of runners just came uh, mm. sorry cyclists came to support us yeah. support during that uh, event no mm. there are throughout the night there were people even coming at 3 o'clock yeah. 3 a.m and uh, 12 midnight yeah. and stuff like that no i think totally over a period of and, and uh, we had also requested people to come over a period of time so mm. that uh, from a covid uh, is, perspective yeah. uh, uh, we could uh, ensure that nobody gets sick and stuff like that yeah. so 
so it was very it galvanized the whole cycling community mm. so that was again i think a much bigger thing than just doing some yeah. idiot climbing thing so <laughs> no that is uh, completely agree this it the the charge the kind of charge everyone mm. around gets from a monumental task mm. you know like that is amazing i was involved in a uh, uh, everesting uh, with when dp was doing it mm. i was crewing uh, him mm. and throughout the day like you said there were people coming in mm. climbing along mm. one two three mm. i think some of the people climbed uh, like seven mm. ten <laughs> repeats never done more than two right <laughs> okay so it, it kind of mm. changed and throughout and and riding in the night on the hill Mm. is like another thing mm. i think uh, i i heard both the podcast uh, mm. episodes that uh, you guys did on uh, the everesting and i will provide the links for that uh, in the show notes because uh, we'll not be able to cover everything uh, there uh, it, it goes into the training details and also the kind of nutrition planning and the crewing and everything it was a fantastic feat uh, you know city and you uh, both uh, did um, kudos man that that was that yeah. was a fantastic uh, i think uh, what city did was uh, far uh, bigger than what i did because uh, <laughs> he generally is a far better rider than me yeah. but in at that particular point in time he was he wasn't not riding in, yeah. he wasn't riding much and he was not in peak fitness mm. so yeah so uh, he rode on strength mental strength yeah. <laughs> so completely on mental strength yeah yeah fantastic uh, gokul it's been fantastic chat with you okay. uh, to conclude this session what are some of the tips you would give working athletes to do well at work and sport think prioritize mm. and i mean so when you are doing multiple things you have to prioritize and uh, what i see now oh, that is uh, that is going to evolve and in fact that seems to be a study which i am gaining lot of interest and uh, i see lot of uh, impact on this particular aspect is i think we also have to look at uh, not overdoing fitness mm. we are getting into a phase where many of us are being fit without being healthy mm. i think it is very important to understand that uh, it doesn't you don't have to necessarily do 250 kilometers a week to stay f- uh, healthy mm. sometimes it's okay to take a little bit of a slack uh so we need to understand uh, that and staying healthy is far more important than staying fit mm. see if we if we see a rafa nadal or a roger federer and think that they are our role model they can be our role models for uh, what they have achieved in life as a professional mm. right not in terms of what they are with regards to the health Mm. because probably uh, considering that they abuse their body so much for their professional uh, needs uh, you know somebody who is so elegant as uh, raja federer still has so many surgeries and you know, so many is, injuries so right? many yeah. injuries and he, he actually has had the least amount of injuries mm. right most uh, uh, 
sports professionals across the world admire him for the longevity that he has had and that is because of the elegance with which he plays mm. and even he has so many surgeries and injuries and so on yeah. and nadal to <laughs> is in the other strand is yeah. brute force so even they say that i think yeah. nadal has mentioned this somewhere you know if you want to look at health <laughs> don't look at this yeah. so again i'm digressing a bit but the important thing i would like to say is understand that uh, don't be fit at the cost of being healthy prioritize your things be fit be healthy mm. and uh, balance don't compromise on your sleep mm. uh, i think that is the first thing that gets deprioritized so, yeah yeah so, so let's not do that uh, i know i do that very often <laughs> i suffer because of that but uh, i think that is the truth we we need to take it a little bit easy with regards to uh, the the training that we do also we yeah. probably end up doing it little too much we should get smarter yeah. and do lesser yeah yeah this is fantastic uh, advice both uh, that we need to prioritize we need to prioritize health uh not just fitness yeah. right great great uh, gokul thank you it's been fantastic chatting with you uh thanks again for taking the time out and thank sharing you. your uh, journey uh, thank you venki i i really admire your uh, endurance in doing week to week i know how difficult it is so that's yeah, a big hats off to you i think you're doing a fantastic job in getting the stories across to Thank That was my conversation with Gokul. Hope you liked it. If you are enjoying these podcasts, you can support the podcast by subscribing to the YouTube channel. The channel is Bikey Venky on YouTube. That is Bikey B I K E Y V E N K Y. It really helps me keep doing these podcasts. Of course, please subscribe to the Working Athlete podcast on your favorite podcasting app, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. See you next week with another guest and thank you for your support. Music